0: Welcome to What They Never Told Us, the podcast where we explore our own personal journeys in the hopes to give you some insight into your own narrative. I'm your host, Sasha, licensed mental health
1: counselor. And I'm your host, Crystal, licensed social worker. Yes, we are mental health professionals. However, we are not experts on anyone else but ourselves. You are the only expert on you. The information shared or discussed on this podcast is not a substitute
0: for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. We have something so special and so fun. Uh, we're introducing a new series today, but you already know how we do. Before we get started, we got to do our check-in. So, Sasha, darling, how are you doing today?
0: I'm okay. <laughs> I'm all right. Um, yeah, I'm all right. i am okay All right. Um, alright yeah i am alright i I I think I don't want to talk about it for the first time.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. I and sometimes it, it's like that, right? Like sometimes you're you're just not going to really want to talk about it and express it cuz you're not ready to talk about it. It's not fully complete in your mind or I think that in my case, I feel like if I talk about what's happening, I'm af- like cuz I'm making progress, I'm afraid that my progress is going to kind of reverse itself and I'm going to regress like so like there's an issue. Um, it has not been easy to to deal with, the, with the, the internal conflict that I'm having. And I'm like really scared of my own self and the feelings coming up. So yeah, part of me just, I don't want to keep, keep thinking about it or p- put too much attention. Because I put a lot of attention on it this weekend.
1: I think that's valid. I definitely think that if you were completely avoiding without putting in any time or effort into it, then I'd be like, uh, like, let's talk about that. Let's talk about why you're avoiding and things like that. But I think that it's valid sometimes to I think part of doing the work. And I feel like we've probably said this at some point is recognizing when to take a break or when you need to kind of like indulge in some self-care. And sometimes that does mean taking a step back from doing really difficult work. Because I know that we've had a lot of challenging issues come up at once, right? So um, I think that it can be very overwhelming to the system. And sometimes if you overwhelm the system and you shut down, that's also not productive. So balance is key.
0: Yes. And uh, I'm just tired. So I'm trying not to reignite that. But thank you for understanding.
1: Yeah, I guess for me, I am trying to find some balance I made some great breakthroughs today uh in terms of you know I was doing my therapy homework earlier today and that was that was powerful because I was sitting with something and I couldn't figure it out and I was getting frustrated and I was going into a bit of a shame spiral and kind of going back into my patterns where I start to get depressed and I start to kind of like hide and retract from people retract from friends and things like that and it's I and I I notice it now immediately it's just really hard to do something about it um but I at least I feel like now I I can bounce back a little more quickly as opposed to before so I'm gonna take my wins where I can get them but I think that even the breakthrough that I had today was very helpful in making me realize like oh like this is why you do that pattern of like retracting and hiding because you are so afraid of this particular particular thing so um I'm just gonna take my wins where I can get it because I feel like if if I really chose to be harsh on myself I could but I'm I'm gonna choose not to do that today so
0: I'm proud of you that's awesome I I think that Sometimes when you're in the feelings, it's really hard to make that choice because it feels like out of your it feels out of your control. And for the most part, it like, yo, that's 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 the experience of it and that's the scary part of it and why we don't address it sometimes because it's going to get so much bigger than us. And that's exactly how I feel. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> so, I I am proud of you. Full circle always always. Mm-hmm. So, today, as Crystal stated, We are doing something a little different. We're starting a new series to the podcast called Lost Letters. It's still within the framework of things we've never been told because what we're doing is we are going to be reading over anonymous submissions of letters that people write uh, to whomever it is that they wanted to communicate with but never got the chance to. Maybe they aren't willing to actually speak their truth to that particular person because of whatever it is that's coming up for them or maybe they just don't feel like it's worth it and you know not kind of like how we started this episode not all things have to be stated right but sometimes it's good just to kind of let it out have it in writing process it and you don't necessarily have to tell that person but it's for you because it's part of your internal work um what crystal and i are going to be doing is discussing the different themes that come up because the reality of it is a lot of our experiences are universal Just because you're not going through it now doesn't necessarily mean you won't go through it, let's say, in 10 years or even in 10 days. Who knows? Um, But there is something about the human experience that we can all relate to. And that's those are the things that we're going to be discussing that come up within these letters. In today's first lost letter topic, we are going to be actually discussing something really sweet and fun. Um, And it's the letter of someone who has encountered new love.
1: So you know what? Let's just jump right into it. I'm going to uh, read this person's letter. Dear Tristan, never in a million years did I think I would meet someone quite like you on my very first girls night out in my brand new city. It had been a very long time since I had gone out with girlfriends and it was one of the first nights that I truly felt alive. I remember wearing my floral velvet bodysuit jeans that hugged me just right and had even curled my hair, which does not happen often, only for special occasions. I had been living on my own for about two weeks at that point, just started cooking daily for myself and started my first dating profile. Funny enough, we didn't even meet online. Two of your good friends leaned over to our table and asked us for a favor. They wanted one of us to play a trick on you when you got to the bar because you were late. So according to them, You deserve the joke. My new best friend was excited to play along, and I just smiled, shook my head, and said, "Have fun, girl." You were described as an Abercrombie and Fitch model, so we couldn't miss you. We were told. Needless to say, I was intrigued. When you first rolled up in your leather jacket, I was like, "Damn, he is good looking." And while my friend was doing her spiel, I introduced myself, shook your hand, and remember thinking to myself. Wow, those are some beautiful eyes, and we've been hanging out with each other ever since. Now, only two months later, we've shared adventures all around Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Maine, and even New York with each other, shared our dark past, developed genuine feelings, and have a tricky road ahead of us as we know we will not have a long-distance relationship past September. I remember finding out about your career opportunity when we were in NYC spending our first weekend together, and I was sad. I almost fell silent for too long until I told myself, go ahead and change the subject because you can't be this upset. You just met him. But the truth is, I was upset. And truth be told, I'm still upset. The universe works in peculiar ways as I find this meeting both a blessing and a curse. A blessing because you have brought out so many of my qualities that have been hidden for too long. My sense of adventure, curiosity, spontaneity, love for beaches and the water, and most importantly, my independence. On the other side of the coin, a curse, as we are in a blossoming relationship with a hard finish line. A year of not being able to visit each other at the end of every week. Part of me cannot believe that I found myself in this situation, but most of me is grateful to have been proven that someone like you exists in this world. Though only several weeks have passed, I can honestly say that you have made an entirely new standard for how my life could be, filled with excitement, mindfulness, natural wonders, and a never-ending desire for genuine connection with family, friends, and even strangers. From time to time, you would catch me thinking quietly to myself and question what I was thinking about. Each time, I was just in awe, in awe of you. Thank you for sharing your world with me and for helping me grow back into the woman that I have always been, but have not had the environment to flourish within. Over this next year, we don't know what will happen, as we didn't know what would happen this past spring. I wish you the experience of a lifetime on your dream island, an enriched period of growth to add on to all of the achievements that you have already made in your life. May your Peter Pan wonderment develop into a lasting destination where you will settle after this next chapter. In a year from now, I'll be right where you left me, on the seacoast of New Hampshire. Your summer love, Susanna. P.S. While I could choose one of the countless beautiful water views you have shared with me, I will never forget the night you pulled over the truck on your way back from Boston, just to pause for a minute, just because you wanted to kiss me. Given your love of old-fashioned writing, I will end this letter with this quote. Perhaps, after all, Romance did not come into one's life without pomp and blare. Like a night writing down, perhaps it crept to one side like an old friend through quiet ways. Perhaps it revealed itself in seeming prose, until some sudden shaft of illumination flung athwart its pages, betrayed the rhythm and the music. Perhaps, perhaps, love unfolded naturally out of a beautiful friendship, as a golden-hearted, Rose slipping from its green sheath. Lucy Maud Montgomery, Anne of Avonlea.
0: Girl, you know when people be saying quotes from people named Avonlea? They're fucking in love. Like what? <laughs> 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 that is some love thing, like that. Yo, sh- sh-
1: this person is um smitten. Mm-mm, I think... Smitten. <laughs> She's in love. All right. So
0: okay, where do I begin? Where do I begin? So so many things came up for me in listening to well, first reading the letter because I did read it. Second, gosh, this is the whole point of a, of lost letters because I don't know if hey, listen this person could have the the courage to hand this letter to this particular person. But yo, I was thinking about writing like me handing this letter to somebody that I'm in love with. Yo, like there's a little bit of vomit coming up in my mouth. <laughs> <I can't. laughs> I'm not like that like cause, because to, in order for so in order to to write this kind of letter there's a level of vulnerability that comes with mm-hmm.
1: it I was just about to say that yeah
0: right so I mean I don't know if uh she is willing to hand it over to Tristan obviously these are not their real names but if she is wow she's brave God bless her maybe I need to have a conversation with her but the first thing that comes to mind for me is, What is love? Um, Mm. Yeah. What is it, man?
1: That's a great question. I feel like we could have an entire, I think we could have an entire series on what is love. Like, Like, forget, like ditch the whole concept of our podcast and just focus on love. Love is one of those things that we spend our entire lifetimes trying to figure out. And people do research, people write poems, songs, think about it. I don't know that there's one definition of what love is. What does it look like? What does it feel like? There's so many types of love, you know, like friendship, love, romantic, love, lust. So I I, I think that it's a, it's a very broad question. But I think here, at the very least, we can say something such as like love at first sight, attraction at first sight, new love, like new mm-hmm. stages of love.
0: Definitely. I oh, yeah, all those things that come up and I definitely want to process them more Uh, because I have opinions on them, too. Right. Like, obviously. Um, But the first thing, you know, it's interesting. This past weekend, I saw my younger sister. She's 19, met her boyfriend not too long ago, maybe about six months ago. And I asked her if she was in love. And she told me, yeah, like, so matter of factly. And I'm like, well, how do you know you're in love? These are her words, not mine. I know I'm in love with my boyfriend because the thought of him not being in my life hurts. And we <laughs> said, oh, wow. So you're, that's real. Like, and I know what that feels like. So part of me believes her like, oh, shit, she is in love. Right. This this attachment that you create, um, this desire to have them around, this feeling of, wow, like you're in awe of this person. And the the, 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 the author of the letter actually stated, I'm in awe of you. Mm. Right. So there's something definitely going on. Um, but what is love right like it's really hard for me to express it in clear cut words like so it's super complex and
1: yeah
0: it looked different when I was younger that I know.
1: Yes, I do think that it evolves over age I, yeah. I think it, I think once as you mature things things change I'm, I'm I'm also thinking you know, back to your sister's definition because I feel like. I I had that feeling for an ex. And mm. I, it just made me think of, like, what about when you love... I mean, and I don't want to stray too far away from our letter, but, like, what about when you love someone and they don't love you back or they don't love you in the ways that you love them or they don't love you in the ways that you need to be loved? And it makes you question, like, was that love? Did I really love this person? Because I felt that way. And, mm. I mean, now I don't I don't feel those, those things. And then it, it also makes you think, like, Is love real when you can fall in and out of it? I don't know. These are just questions that I have. I feel like love makes me have more questions than answers. But what I really loved about this letter in particular is I think there's a magic when you see someone across the room for the first time and you instantly feel like the changes in your body. Like that's what I was Mm -hmm. thinking about when I was reading this. Like when you skip a breath. Your heart beats a bit faster. You start to feel butterflies in your stomach. And if y'all are like me, you're a nervous wreck. Um, And words just seem to (laughs) completely escape you. It just hits you like a ton of bricks and it catches you so completely off guard. And as jarring to the system as it is, it's also completely calming. It's all-consuming. And it feels like so... So beautiful, and I feel like that was the that was the feeling that I got here, which is why I was like, "Oh, love at first sight!" Like Mm.
0: I've definitely
1: had those experiences where I saw someone for the first time, and I wasn't expecting expecting to be taken so aback by them. So I really loved Mm. um that this letter kind of reminded me of those feelings, and yeah, and I I love that this person is experiencing it because I think it's beautiful.
0: We're going to talk about a lot of different perspectives on love and things like I love at first sight and soulmates. Um, however, what thi- one thing that I could definitely agree upon is that is absolutely beautiful. It's it's something that distinguishes the human experience from all other mm-hmm. experiences in this world and it makes it it creates hope, it, it makes life so much more worth it. Um but I want to get back to this love at first sight thing because I don't think I've ever believed in it, ever in my life. Mm. I've believed in connection upon first meeting. (laughs) 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 You know, I think that a lot of us mistaken, you know, quote unquote, love um, for maybe instinct, like an automatic connection, uh, chemistry, pheromones. I'm very science-based, so, of course, Mm -hmm. I looked at the studies, and um, there was a research done in the Netherlands, uh, which is super interesting to me. Um, So, really quickly, they took 400 men and women to complete surveys about potential romantic partners immediately after first encountering those people. So, this included indicating um, if they were in agreement with the statement, I am experiencing love at first sight with this person, as well as, how physically attractive they found the person and how much passion. Uh, well, what they mean by the passion is um, sexual attraction they felt. So they came to a couple conclusions. I'm not going to go too deep into it, but ultimately it is a real thing, right? It's not just so a lot of people think like, oh, you know, when you fall in love and you, you you're you in the, the relationship with that person already and you're like, it was love at first sight. People are like, yeah, you're just biased because you love them. now. no, it's a thing. It's a thing that people actually think that they're in love in the moment upon first meeting a complete stranger. Like they feel these experiences. Right. And this is all self-reported. So it's not something where you're looking back and you're just kind of biased with the information. Um, This one I really liked because it comes up in the letter. You're more likely to fall in love at first sight with beautiful people. And Mm. the author of this letter fell in love with his blue eyes. Uh, Very attractive qualities um, in humans right like these are things that we as a society lean into and find more beautiful than other traits right so i'm not and then she's talking about leather jacket he sounds suave he sounds like he's
1: ever covering fit
0: yeah so it's like no wonder she quote-unquote fell in uh, i don't believe her quote-unquote fell in love at first sight with this person
1: uh <laughs> i'm so mean I guess I think so. But I do, <laughs> I do think that um I do think that there is such thing as love at first sight. And the only reason I say that and I I don't know that it's necessarily love love, right? Cuz I think that mm. I guess for me love requires a lot more things, right? Like I don't know that, you know, like even what your sister had explained that you can know that about someone until mm-hmm you kind of get to know them more but i do think that there is like deep uh attraction or connection that someone can feel at Mm -hmm. first sight and i i think for me personally i you know you said that you're a very science-based person um and for me i'm very much about energy because i remember meeting someone who i was like i'm not even like when when i was told about this person on paper i was like i'm really not interested in this person And the second that, like, I laid eyes on them, just something completely different came over me, which is kind of, which is where the inspiration behind how I described that love at first sight um, came from. Because those were all of the things that I felt in that moment. And I remember... Like, you know, like, you're like, okay, well, that was that was the first time. And I remember the second time that I saw this person, I was having a really stressful day. I was having severe anxiety. I was already late to meet them. And I was like, I'm in such a bad mood. I don't want to seem like I'm this grouchy person um, because I want them to like me. And I remember that I walked into the restaurant. I saw them sitting at the table and it was like someone had pressed delete. On my entire day and it was just like my whole day reset because I saw them so you know I think we say love at first sight because it just sounds good right like and you know a lot of people sometimes they'll see someone for the first time and they do end up falling in love with them so they equate it as like love at first sight or they have these really intense feelings that there's maybe no other word in the English language to describe it as that. But I, I do think that there is something to seeing someone at first sight. And this person did not have no blue eyes. <laughs> they were not traditionally <laughs> attractive. But um, but yeah, I, I do think that there is something to it.
0: Okay, so you're spot on because the last conclusion was that there really isn't such thing as quote unquote love at first sight, at least when we're talking about the qualities that are known to reflect Love, like as we uh, define it in society. So, intimacy, commitment, passion are not particularly strong in those first moments uh, when mm-hmm. you quote unquote experience the love at first sight, right? But what it does is it leaves you open and vulnerable and willing to explore that with somebody and continue mm-hmm. that path, right? So, I actually really like this because for me, I've only been in two relationships in my life, and those two started with uh, like a click. It I remember my first boyfriend, I was fifteen, I looked him in the eye and he smiled, and it felt like a hook kind of went inside of me. But I wasn't in love with him yet. Like I I was just in awe of him, right? Like and I was enamored with him in a different kind of way. And the same thing with my my last ex-boyfriend. I remember like I would see him around and then I don't know, I saw him one day and it felt like someone punched me in the chest. And I, like they put not punch me, but it felt like someone pushed pushed back. It's interesting how unique our perspectives are because for me those are qualifiers for oh damn i must like this person but i would never think i'm in love with them from the beginning uh i Mm. am a little more logical in falling into love but i it does it does bring up that question of like you know like is there such thing as like so for me love at first sight equates to soulmates this idea of like you know Mm. when you know you know i like is there such thing as a soul of like yeah
1: like I don't even know how to word it (laughs) yeah no is is there such thing as soulmates I mean I've I think I've shared my theory on the podcast before but I'll share it again for any new listeners um for me I I don't I don't necessarily think that we only have one soulmate in this world like I think that we get multiple soulmates if we're lucky and I don't think that all soulmates are romantic I think some soulmates are friends like friends like I think that there's some friends that also clicked you know like male friendships female like whatever uh just just friendships in in general and I think that sometimes you can have because I feel like for me I did meet one of my soulmates um and he's someone who I mean we did date uh and I think that for him He was genuinely, like, in love with me, and I don't think that I shared those same romantic love feelings back, but I think that our connection was undeniable. People would see us in the streets in the middle of an argument and would be like, you guys are so in love. It's so beautiful. And I think, like, it just spoke to the aura and the energy that was around us, um, because I do think that we were genuinely, like, vibing and connecting on another wavelength that was not even... Like within our our awareness, so I, I do believe that we have soulmates. I don't necessarily think that your soulmates are all romantic, um, but I do I I can see a love at first sight or attraction at first sight, whatever, um, with a soulmate. So I, I definitely believe that that's a thing, and I I don't, I don't think that we always um, marry or stay with our soulmates either. Because I, I no longer speak to this particular person, but um, I hold them very near and dear to my heart.
0: So what you were feeling, was it romantic love or did it shift or was it like...
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it was never romantic love. I think what what made me realize that sometimes soulmates are not always like a partner is that I did not feel romantic feelings for this person. But I think that because I felt so strongly about them and because I didn't ever think about... Because I, I think like what we learn about love... If, you know, like, in general, in life is, like, what we see on TV and, you know, Nicholas Spark novels. So I think for me, I was like, well, if I feel disconnected to this person, like, I literally felt at home with this person. Like, I've never felt that with any friends or anyone since. I mean, also, granted, I don't open up myself to experiencing those things, so I will take some responsibility uh, there. But I do think there was a connection that was, like, completely undeniable and I think I confused it for a romantic love because I was like well what else can it be like how do you feel disconnected to someone especially because he's someone of the opposite sex like mm. you know how do you how do you feel that connection and I think like he felt romantic love so then it was also kind of like confusing I think there's more to it than that I wish I had the opportunity to explore with him further but I don't. Mm. Uh but I, I'm definitely a big believer that sometimes your soulmates just come into your life to shake things up and um it's not always meant to be romantic.
0: That's beautiful and sad at the same time, right? Uh maybe that's why I don't <laughs> subscribe to these things because I think I can't handle the the sadness that comes along with it. Um but what I can't handle is science. <laughs> and i do want to talk a little bit about what happens when you fall in love like the good and the bad right so love is an actual physical experience within our bodies and our brains particularly in our brains which which leads to a direct effect on our bodies right so neurochemicals like dopamine and oxytocin flood our brains and areas associated with the pleasure and reward system which in turn produce physical and psychological responses. Um, some of those responses are reduced blood pressure. Uh, so married couples, I think it was 12%. Like the, They did a survey and like people who were married were 12% less likely to have uh, high blood pressure. Uh, it reduces stress in the long run. But it's funny because you were talking about this earlier, but not in the beginning. And I thought that was so funny because it's, I experienced this shit all the fucking time. Because thoughts like, will they like me? Am I going to be rejected? And I can't handle this. And I, like when you're not on the same page, like that shit will fuck you up. And the long run the way it reduces stress is that it helps create um, trust. So it's interesting to me because trust is a huge thing for me. Um, I don't trust anybody. So if I trust you, like I, I must love you, right? I, I know what it's like to walk around the world feeling like everything's a threat. So imagine like you trust somebody and just how comfortable and safe that feels. Um, Oxytocin is a hormone that gets released when you have physical contact, like hugging, kissing, and having sex. It helps you feel more attached, produces sensations of contentment.
1: Oxytocin actually also is released when you give birth as a woman. I was very surprised. I was like, why does this keep coming up? But apparently uh, when you give birth, and you see your child for the first time—that also de- produces oxytocin. Fun fact, just FYI. Um, but yeah, I, I I also was really um, intrigued by oxytocin because of the fact that it is released when you're falling in love, and I think that it just it just causes a, po- a surge of positive emotion. So um, you know, like the hormone itself can help with building trust, as Sasha said, uh, empathy, positive relationship. Me- Memories, fidelity, positive communication, mm-hmm. and um, bonding, obviously, um similar to what to what Sasha said. it helps with the positive feelings that we get at the beginning of a relationship because I think that because the hormone is almost like new to the body, so to speak, like not that mm-hmm. you only get oxytocin when you fall in love, but the surge is so new and so real. like I know when I'm like when I like someone, I feel. Like, I can take over the world. Like, I have mm. energy for everything. I sleep better. Like, I'm excited. When we think about, like, how the how beautiful that feeling is, like, not to take away from it, but it really is just hormones. <laughs> hormones caused by this one particular person that you're uh, falling for. And then even to bring it back to this letter, the fact that it's happening during the summer. I love summer Ooh. love. Like, it's so fun. Mm-hmm. Summer love is so fun. There's just more things that you can do like the days are long, the nights are extra romantic, mm-hmm. like the beach, the water, like I love nature, so for me like summer is just ideal for for all of those things. Yeah, it just feels so carefree. So I think summer love, oxytocin, love at first sight. Like all of it is related. I feel like she I feel like they met and it was like the perfect recipe for like falling for each other like it's warm weather he's beautiful she <laughs> like you know what I'm saying like all of these things just came together so beautifully
0: I completely agree it's interesting because um this is a fun fact that I I also wanted to put out there because I think it's I always wonder like what is it about meeting somebody like in falling in love with them you just want to have sex with them all the time right but what's mm-hmm. ha- And this is, this is something that I found. like um, So another set of hormones that comes into play are, are called androgens that include testosterone. Um, they increase your desire for sex with the person you're in love with. And this is super interesting to me because I, I do think that there's, through an evolutionary perspective, there's obviously something happening amongst each of us where this is functional for us, right? This is something that we need to happen because, like, let's say um, the, those neurotransmitters, dopamine, coming out, they're helping you connect with your partner and helping you feel happy with them and around each other, therefore creating that. It's helping create that attachment. So there's so many different factors happening within us that are just pushing us to this attachment and, and to be committed and to, to stay with each other and to be crazy about each other. There must be a purpose for us getting together, I mean, aside from living longer and being healthy. Um, and procreating. Oh, maybe I'm just missing all the purposes. But... Well, yeah, I was like, those were all the reasons. <laughs> those were all the reasons. <laughs> and, you know, like, I know I make it sound so scientific, but, like, I, I, I actually think that process is beautiful, too, if you know what you're doing. I'm cool with it just happening if this is just what we're meant to do as human beings. I still find that beautiful. Um, and then, you know, there, there are other factors that kind of come into play where our our bodies are also... Doing this thing where we're deciding if this person's right for us. So like maybe I'm just using the scientific method out here. But if you stay, then maybe you are my soulmate, right? Because my mm. body tells me so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I think that it's I I love, I love when you bring like the facts, and you know you always like oh, I'm gonna nerd out. But I, I think it is, I think it's cool because I think it also helps to explain some of these things that feel like, just so inexplicable um, that there is, like, a biological reason and, you know, like, whether it's for survival, or whether it's just hormones, you know, like, all of these things um, make a lot of sense. So I appreciate that. I did want to talk a little bit about um, love as a catalyst. You know, like I, I had mentioned a little bit earlier about the fact that, you know, sometimes when you get these feelings, like for me personally, I feel like I can I can take over the world, I can do anything. Um, but I but I, I wanted to bring out this specific quote from from the two quotes actually from the letter um which the first one says a blessing because you have brought out so many of my qualities that have been hidden for too long my sense of adventure curiosity spontaneity love for beaches and the water and most importantly my independence and the second being thank you for sharing your world with me and for helping me grow back into the woman that I have always been but have never had the environment to flourish in so you know, similarly to how Sasha had mentioned earlier, like falling in love or liking someone or, you know, can make you feel attached and safe. So I think a lot of times when we're in love, it's so much easier to develop in the ways that we need to, because you formed a bond to a person that will support you, right? Or hopefully is supporting you. So, you know, obviously that's hormonal. Um, but also if you have like a negative attachment style, whether you have like anxious or any of those things, it's a shift from the state that you always find yourself in. So it, it almost feels like this weight has like been lifted off of your shoulders a little bit. All of this burden has been lifted off of me. So you become happier and that just makes things easier and it makes it easier for you to kind of like flow into the uh, ways that you need to grow. So I I did want to talk about that because I think another piece or maybe something that I struggle with is like, you know how they say like, don't fall in love with someone or like don't look for someone to make you whole like you need to make yourself whole and then you find someone. Um, I do think that there's also something to be said about love just making you feel safer to truly find yourself Mm. and continue to develop and grow, uh, as long as it's not solely dependent on that person, right? Like the growth needs to, like the desire for growth needs to be there. I think like when you fall in love or you have someone that supports you, I think it just makes it so much easier.
0: I completely agree. Um, It's interesting because um, one of the the downsides of love is this addictive quality. And that is, I think that it it relates to what you're speaking about, because I think people, especially when they're used to being codependent on others, right? Like to feel their feelings based off of other people, they need to, to fall in love. They need that spark, right? And then what happens is they... It's so, you know, so there are stages to love and what we're initially t- this, this lovely person is, is in the, is lucky enough to experience like the the quote unquote newlywed stage where everything mm. is like euphoria, everything's so good, yes. you know, but you're less likely to, to point out red flags. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Really? Um, so I think that when you're in this stage and then you hit another stage, right? The second stage, which is setting which is setting, right? Like you're settling down, you're, it's, you're starting to notice flaws. That expectation of the, the addiction piece and feeling that like this high all the time can make you feel as though you're not in love when in reality, love is evolving.
1: I think that's the one downside to like having such a like honeymoon euphoric mm-hmm. stage, especially when you are someone who maybe hasn't always had the best examples of love or don't have a healthy attachment or is someone that like likes to chase like highs or kind of like gets bored easily like when that falls like when that wanes and you kind of like begin to enter the next stage you have to really remind yourself like well what is it about this person that I love or that I care about or that I like that's keeping me here was it the rush of a, you know like the rush of hormones or was it like the actual qualities that this person um, has and uh, all of these things that they bring to the table and that you know like they they bring out in you as well as like the individual so I, I do feel like that is a tricky a tricky spot especially with love because it's like how do you distinguish that you still love that person once you entered into that stage? And I think that it takes a lot of like critical, like self reflection and thought and being very mindful of who you're with.
0: When I was thinking about this letter for the episode in preparation, I started thinking on like, standards right because she states it I think you even said it in that quote that he has created a new standard for her right like so how do you even get those and how do you get those right like because when we're 17 falling in love we have no damn standards it's just like I love him or her or you know and it's just it it consumes you right but I think a lot of it has to do with experience and it made me think of uh, all the women in my life who told me not to marry the first person I fell in love with because they understood that that shit was going to get old real fast <laughs> and that I was going to change, you know? And I think that 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 was probably the best advice I got when I was younger, even though it made me sad when I was still in love with my first boyfriend. But it was so true because I would never be with somebody like him. Not that he's a bad person. It's just he wasn't for me, for who who I am now as an adult and as a mature person. So I think that a lot of it has to do with experience, experience, um, Taking inventory of who you've dated and who it worked out with and who it didn't, um, and also going back to this piece you said, which is super smart. Taking inventory of what you don't like because when we're caught up in the newlywood, fa- the newlywed phase, we have something objective to look at and say, "Oh, this is coming up." Even if my my gut instinct is telling me to to just avoid it, and it's okay because I am in love with this person, right? You you, it, it's like a a nice touchstone for you to be like yeah he is or she is doing this thing that I don't like and I didn't this is an alarm as opposed to bypassing it because you don't know any better
1: I think that it goes back to I think you know like when you were speaking about when you were like 16 17 I'm like oh that's puppy love I think like your standards I don't want to say are low but like you don't oh, yeah. have like you like you said you just don't have any like but yeah, and I, and I think that you you evolve and you change. And I think like sometimes you know, like when you think of like high school sweethearts, I'm like, oh, y'all was really like in love and love for real. I think like something that i've I've heard a lot about love from couples who have been together for a long time is that when you love someone, you're committed to them as a whole, not who they are right now. Mm-hmm. Right. So like when you love someone, you have to understand that they're going to change. Their interests are going to change. They they may be depressed, you know, for a little bit. They're going to go through challenges. They're going to discover new things about themselves. Like they're going to show up in different ways. Um I think like I was listening to this one podcast called The Love Hour and mm. you know like she was comparing like love to <laughs> to iPhones how like mm. every year Apple comes out with a new iPhone. And, you know, it's like, okay, like, the the first iPhone was ideal for that time, right? Like, it was revolutionary. It was new. Like, you know, like, it was the latest technology that was out there. But as time has evolved, as technology has evolved, like, these iPhones need to be updated to meet the needs of consumers now, right? And it's the same with the person. Like, thinking about when we were, you know, like, 15, 16 to now, like, think about, the pandemic, like Black Lives mm. Matter, like careers, you know, like therapy, years of therapy under our belts. Like, of course, all of those things are going to, to change us um, and they're going to, it's going to evolve us over time. So I think like the commitment needs to be to the relationship and to the person as a whole and not this emphasis on who they are right now.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, it's so interesting because I think a lot of people engage in love in a transactional way. And
1: mm-hmm. that's what I'm
0: hearing, right? Like who they are right now, what they give me mm-hmm. right now. Um, mm-hmm. That's not what love is. Love is uh, it's broader. It's, it's deeper. And that's why I don't believe in love at first sight. Because I don't believe that two people without knowing each other can have that connection already where they intuitively understand each other's ways and their needs and bypass all the other shit because they understand that it's bigger than them going back to the stages of love of romantic love like first you know you have the newlywed phase which is probably why people think they're, they're in love at first sight and then you have like the setting where you just kind of like in, the infatuation is fading and then like you're starting to see this person from who they really are the veils removed and this is where an emotional connection is actually being formed Right. Because all those hormones are starting to kind of like balance themselves out again. Um, mm-hmm. And now you're now you're choosing to be with the person. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the next phase this is interesting. So it's the disappointment, learning and growth phase, which speaks to what you were saying. Um, yeah. You know, are you going to take responsibility for your feelings and your other partner's feelings? Right. Like, are you going to do the inner work so you can show up in their relationship? And that has that's huge in in, in continuing the love, because I think a lot of people think that it's just going to happen, right? So it speaks to that work that you were talking about. And this is like a, a very important piece, because I think a lot of people stay within that transactional phase, like I said, and they keep looking towards the other person to make them feel something. But no, they have to make it for themselves. And you only learn this with time, right? And, and experience and maturity level. Some people never get there. <laughs>
1: again it kind of goes back to society because it's like every every fairy tale every rom-com ends with like they had a little challenge exactly.
0: but now they're in love
1: and, 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 then, it does, and you know like and they well grow up. old together and it's like hold on what happened between the magical wedding and them <laughs> on the porch like
0: I'll tell you <laughs> you what happens. they get comfortable <laughs> as fuck that's the next stage they get comfortable they fall into routine they have roles. <laughs> Shit gets a little boring, to be quite honest with you, right? Uh, and the majority <laughs> of us in relationships stay here. But you have to value that too, right? Um, and then the next and final stage is unconditional love. And this is like, this is the love I'm looking for at this point in time. It's that spiritual, you see beyond their flaws. You want to share. Uh, you want to have joy with them. You, you forgive what it is that they do because you know that you're in love with them and you deal with the ups and downs. Yo, Crystal, Crystal has the cheesiest smile on her
1: face right now. No, uh. well, <laughs> I have a cheesy smile. And then there's also my brain that's like, girl, you ain't ready. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: like. Um, But, you know, I hear what you're saying. But the reality is that because we're consistently changing, right, we rotate through these stages all the mm. time in the relationship. And I think that's important to note too, because it's not, you're not going to stay unconditional love. You might get that old thing back for like two, three months after being in a relationship after 10 years. But this is this is the nature of relationships. And I think a lot of us don't understand these things going in, which is why we fuck it up.
1: <laughs> I do love to to listen to couples that have been together for years, like, you know, like 17, 25 years. Um, that they go, you know, like how they say like, I love you but I don't really like you right now. And I think like those are you know, like those are the challenging those are the challenging times where you kinda of have to like remind yourself of the commitment. But it's like this is not fun, like those butterflies are gone, but you're still like, okay, and then it comes back, you know, like though you know, those different things. and I just keep thinking about like kids and family and deaths and taking care of parents and like all of the things that kind of like I wanna say get in the way. But like happen, like life happens um, in all of this, so it, it makes so much sense to me that you kind of cycle through the stages throughout life.
0: Absolutely, and the last thing that I'll say that I that Crystal and I always say is that this is why it's important to get to know yourself, because the value you place on certain traits and certain feelings that people give you are inevitably what, are what are inevitably going to propel you towards like certain kinds of people and if if you know if you say you're looking for unconditional love you have to value the traits that come with unconditional love and, and I'm saying not, obviously there has to be physical attraction but you can't just value oh he's a good dancer because I used to do that shit oh he's mad fun why do you think those relationships didn't work out <laughs> <laughs> like they can't just remain at oh you're fun like it has to meet like they're not gonna magically grow right uh, and I think that that was my mistake, to be quite honest with you. But that's all I got to say.
1: Yeah, I won't tell y'all my mistake. But anyways. um, <laughs> um But yeah, and, and I think speaking of, like, the challenges that life, you know, throws at you, I think that even going back to the letter, like, you know, like this, this couple or this romance is already experiencing their first challenge. And that's long distance or... Distance period because from the sounds of the letter doesn't seem like they're willing to enter into a long distance relationship. Um, But I think I I think that this relationship is too new, so I kind of don't blame them for not wanting to go into a long distance relationship because I think that when you are in those types of relationships, it requires a lot of dedication, communication, flexibility, understanding of like boundaries, and like you have to manage your expectations. And there needs to be like genuine acceptance of like the situation of the person of the fact that it is long distance the fact that it is going to be difficult and also a little bit of creativity because you got to keep things spicy. You got to keep things fun, even though, um, you know, you're far, you're far away. Um, so I, I will say, uh, Susanna, I'm glad that, I, I personally think it was probably the smartest thing to do. I think this is way too new. It's still very much in the infatuation phase. And I think it's only going to be a year from the sounds of the letters. So I say, Susanna, do you during this year. Um, you know, because she she met this man two weeks into moving to a new state. She just started to live alone. Like, she just found her independence. Like, I say explore that. Enjoy that. Get to know yourself better. You know, keep going out with the girls. You know, take this time to do some personal work. You know, you you listen to this podcast, so I know you're about the work. (laughs) Uh, You know, like, be single for a little bit. You know, stay in contact with him, absolutely. Like, don't, I I don't think that she should lose contact, but be free. See where life takes you. Um, And if at the end of this year, life brings you both back together, then absolutely explore it. But I, I say don't do the long distance uh, relationship thing. Also, it seems like he's also in his time of growth, too. So, like, I think you they'll both benefit from exploring themselves and, you know, knowing that they have that connection, but still being able to be free and do what it is that they need to do that's best for themselves. And if they really, truly are into each other, they'll understand that this is the best move for them. I mean,
0: yeah, you know, and relative to a, a whole lifetime with somebody a year isn't that long, right? And if this is something that you really, really want. And so I'm playing devil's advocate, which is fucking hilarious. Because um, I do agree with you. But I'm just thinking about the other side, right? Like if this is something you both want, and you both agree to it. I think long distance, it could be an option because you make it an option and you make it work and you you map it out. And you, you know, the, the one thing I will say about long distance relationships is that they seem complicated as fuck. Uh, I didn't even go into it when I was preparing for this episode. But what I did like is that at the end of like uh, a forum that I was reading, it states the same general rules for romantic relationships apply, right? Communicate openly, make your expectations and needs clear, strive for intimacy and trust and be trustworthy, right? So that means that you could do all those things and still not be in a relationship with that person. It doesn't mean you have to be loyal to them. It doesn't necessarily mean like you can take them with you step by step and then allow the other person to make an informed decision. Right. Cause I think that um, a lot of the times we, we, just in relationships in general, that's how we mess love up because we're afraid we don't want to show parts of ourselves. Um, Yeah. There's so much to it, but if you keep those tenants of, of love and and those relationships stable, you, you know that I do, I agree with Crystal. You might be able to, to come back to it or in that meantime if they're not showing up be like yo is this really for me and then find that in a different person unexpectedly right
1: Hmm. no I really love how you said that you can still kind of keep those tenets of a relationship even through the distance even without the commitment um piece to it I think that's super helpful I love that and I think for me, I guess the last uh, piece that came up was just like this unexpected love. Um, I think that sometimes you just need to keep yourself open to the possibility of things happening. It reminds me that this concept of having a type kind of sometimes does nothing but hold you back. Sometimes the person you fall for is the person with all of the qualities that you didn't think that you wanted in a person. Um, you didn't want them to be this or that. Um. But they're all of those things and they're perfect anyway. And I think sometimes like these, these unexpected challenges or the way that this person came into her life, like it kind of dismantles your ideas of what love should be or what it, what it should look like, because it's like, this could be the beginning of a happily ever after, right? Um, It's like, we met, we had this great summer, we entered into a relationship and we've been together ever since. And it's like, well, actually, no, like you met, you had a great summer. And then he went off for a year and all of these other things happened, right? So I think it shakes up everything that you thought and it throws away everything that you thought like you wanted and it gives you everything that you needed. Um so that's what I hope for um Susanna. If they do come back together at the end, then you know what? You chose them for all of the all of the right reasons and you know that it's real. So that's that's kind of where the the lasting message that I would like to leave. Susanna, um, I hope that a year from now, we get a update from them and that they're together. But if not, I hope that you're appreciating every single moment of this ride because love is beautiful. It's sometimes very painful. It's definitely very difficult. But I think sometimes we just need to appreciate what comes our way and not get hung up on what we wanted it to be, but enjoy it for what it was. Yum. That's
0: so real. That was beautiful. Um, I'm going to take that with me because I think I have a hard time doing that, to be quite honest with you. Um, so thank you. That, that hit me a little bit. Um, yeah, uh, Susanna, I don't know you, but thank you for your letter. I appreciate the vulnerability and I wish you nothing but the best.
1: Yeah, so that was our episode. Uh, thank you again to Susanna. And I want to take this time out to say if you have a lost letter that you would like to submit to the podcast, please, please, please do so. It does not have to be about love. We just got lucky that we started off with such a fun, beautiful topic. It could be about grief, breakups, a letter to your boss, you know, like literally no topic is off limits. Um, we will obviously make sure to keep um, any identifying information anonymous change names etc so please uh, send your lost letters to our email at nevertolduspod at gmail.com and of course make sure to follow us at never told us pod on instagram and make sure to come back next week so
0: we can tell you what they never told us